up, guys and ghouls, and welcome to another episode of Fright Mike. I'm Sam. I'm Liz. And today, we are uh, strapping ourselves to a bed. <laughs> we're puking up, right? We're puking up green soup. We are continuing our evil kids, bad seeds, whatever you want to call it, theme for the month of September. We are rolling on down with 1973's The Exorcist. Woo! Woo Yay. for me, not for you. <laughs> Oh. And another edition of unpopular opinions. Sam um, hates the Exorcist. Sam does not like the Exorcist. Oh. My God, two hours for this movie. They could have really like snipped that shit out. They could have really this cut is, down that time. You know, it's always interesting. Like we always try to pick movies, not like that we both like, but I feel like it always happens that we pick movies that we both kind of enjoy for the most part, or that we haven't seen. Or that we haven't seen, so we get, like, our fresh opinions on it, like, that we, because we don't talk about it beforehand, we just kind of, like, roll with it once the, the mics are on, and, but I feel like occasionally, and I feel like it's been happening more recently, where we have movies that we have such differing opinions on. Which I love, hey. And I like that. I like that. I like it, too, because like, we can see both sides now, it's not just, like, us gushing over one movie, which is something we do quite often, so it's interesting it's interesting to hear why why you like something that I like or why I don't like something that you you know yeah for sure it's a good time it's what makes the world go around it's what makes everyone uh take unique. <laughs> yeah oh my god the exorcist so like you said it came out in 1973 currently has an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb it has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I would just like to point out is 2% lower than The Omen, which we did last week, so. Ooh. Ooh. And I would have to agree that this movie sucks. <laughs> False. False. <laughs> no, I mean, 84%, it's, no one is saying that this movie sucks but me, I think, so. How, do, how can pretty you high. like it? Uh, well... Just an overall, before we, like, get into it. Is there just something that you're, like... It's boring. Really? Yeah. I think it's... That's it for it? Is that... It's really dry. It's boring. I don't think, really, anything in it is scary or interesting. I feel so horrible. Um, yeah, I just, like, they, they just take so long to, like, ramp up to some of these things, and then you get, like, one scene of her being, like, creepy and possessed, and then you cut back to, like, her talking to these people, her talking to this, then the priest, and then his mom, and all this stuff, and it's, like, all, like, the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie are in Jerusalem for what reason? Mm -hmm. Because we're meeting Father Marin, and then he's finding some, like, like, weird artifacts. Yeah. You know, like, I just, I feel like a lot of it, I would just cut it. Just, you know, you don't need it. Well, here's the thing. Like, I want to get to that point, too. But I think that the problem with saying now that people think that this movie is scary, we're watching this movie with eyes of, like, we've already seen other horror movies. So, like, I don't think, like, at the time that this was released, nothing, there was nothing like this. Yeah. So, like, if you look at it that way, like, people were horrified going to see this movie because it was, like, shocking yeah you know the things that that she does like what she says the vulgarity like the even the medical scenes with the blood that made people faint in the theaters like there was nothing like this like this movie like controversial like Mm -hmm. this 
And I think that's why it has the, like, this is the scariest movie ever made because at the time it was. But now we've seen so many other movies that I don't necessarily think this is, like, the scariest movie. But it always has that attached to it. Yeah. So everyone's like, no, it's not. You know, and I don't certainly think it's the scariest movie ever made. But, you know, it has that, like, following. (laughs) I... I agree with that. Yeah. but I, I, And I also want to say that I think that this isn't a movie about Reagan, per se. <laughs> I think it's about Father Karras. Okay. I think this entire movie is about him. And that's why we have so many flashback scenes or, like, scenes intercut with what Reagan's going through versus what... It's like we're following his journey and then hers and then how they become, you know, mm-hmm. meet to meet. Yeah, because we're with her, like, like a, for a fraction of the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's on screen maybe maybe for a total of, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Really? If you, like, put all of her scenes together? Mm-hmm. I just don't, like, she's not in it that much. And no. that's all anyone talks about is Reagan in this movie. And Reagan, oh my god, so scary. Oh, well. I think just because visually that's, like, the most horrifying part of the movie. It's, it's the only, it's the most interesting part of the movie. <laughs> it's the only parts that are even remotely interesting. Because otherwise you got Father Marin who's old and running around doing ex, you know, like fucking around in archaeological digs in um, Iraq. I think I said Jerusalem. I think I'm still on the Omen thing. <laughs> he's in northern Iraq at the beginning of the movie, not Jerusalem. That's my bad. But he's like farting around doing that. Father Karras, I he's, feel bad because he does lose his mom. Though. Father Marin, he's not even old. Excuse me? He's 44. They put latex makeup on him to make him look like an old man. Oh, okay. Isn't that in- but isn't that insane? Oh, my God. Oh, thank God. Because I was like, if you fucking tell me that I missed them saying that he was 44, I'll kill him. Like, no, 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 no. The at- no, Ma- um, okay. No, Max so von it's kind Sindow. Of like the- okay. He was only 44. Okay. When they filmed this movie, but they wanted him. So they made him, they had like prosthetics, they had latex to go over. They made him look old. And I feel like he could pass. Oh, for sure. When he's like walking through the desert, like stumbling around, like about to have heat stroke. Yeah. Like he looks like an old man. That's kind of like that when we did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. some time ago, whatever. Um, the guy that plays the grandpa. Mm-hmm. He was, like, 18, 19 when he did that. It's insane. Yeah, but they just, like, put a bunch of prosthetics shit on him. Fucking effects, man. I know. Well, also, you feel bad for that guy, too, because he, in the Texas Chainsaw, I think we talked about it during that episode, but it was, like, 120 degrees in the house. Oh, yeah. And you have 10 pounds of, like, prostheses. I'm like, oh, my God, fuck that. That's how I felt watching Father Marin going through the desert, though. Like, Dude. (laughs) When you think he's an old man, you're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Right. Somebody get this man some water. In a chair. (laughs) Right. God. But... So, and I get, like, the beginning is just, it, like, seemingly is, like, seems pointless. But I think it's just the foreboding of, like, he's, it's like he's being called back from his work there because he's getting, like, that feeling of, like, evil being, like, traveling. <laughs> Weird. Back to the States. <laughs> Weird. Because he goes back, but he doesn't. You think that almost, like, he goes from being there to being at, like, the actual exorcism, but months have passed, we find out. Yeah. Because when, it, like, they actually do decide to go through with everything, they mention how he returned from his trip from Iraq, but he was, like, writing a book or something. Yeah. And he is back now and waiting. <laughs> waiting to be called. And I'm waiting to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, like I said before we started recording, I saw this movie as a kid. I was probably eight, 
nine, and I thought it sucked then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, as a kid, I just thought it was going to be scary, and it wasn't. Okay. And now as an adult, I just think it's boring. But I I do have to give it that, you know, like, that credit. I, I'm not ignorant to the fact that when it came out, it was, like, mind-blowing, controversial, crazy shit. Yeah. So it was, like... Um, like it was, it was like knocking down walls and shit, and breaking barriers, in terms of like horror movies and what they were doing. I'll give it that. That's all I'm gonna give it. That's it. Yeah. Um. But like we said, he returns from Iraq, and then we meet Chris. Chris who's played by Alan Burstyn, who does a phenomenal job in this movie. <laughs> Is she an actress? She's what an she actress in the movie. Okay. And she's on set, and Burke is the director of the film, who she is, like, kind of dating, kind of not. Thank you for explaining that, because later when they're like, Burke's dead! I was like, who the fuck is Burke? Yeah, he's the director. Because she's got, like, the two guys, like, the, she's got the assistant. Yeah, assistant, Sharon. Right, Sharon? Yeah. yeah Sharon. And then Carl. Yeah. He, right? He's, like. The rat guy? I think he's, like, the, yeah, her, like, her. The housekeeper. The groundskeeper. Yeah, and then... The housekeeper lady. Yeah, Yeah, so I was just like... She's got a whole team. Right. So then, like, when whoever came in was like, Burke, Burke's dead. I was like, who the fuck, who the fuck is Burke? I thought his name was Carl. I was so confused. (laughs) Why is she having the rat guy watch Reagan? I don't know. Yeah, no, the Burke, Burke is the director. I feel like this movie... Slash boyfriend. This movie doesn't do a good job of explaining things. What? Oh, like who people are? Yeah. Also, I did notice this movie does not have opening credits. Mm-hmm. It it says The Exorcist yeah. and then there's no like opening credits, which I thought was interesting. But I guess like when I was trying to find fun facts about this movie to try to have something positive to talk about, they said that they like never did them back mm-hmm. then, which like I know in older movies, it's it's interesting to see like the ebb and flow of movies cuz like in the 50s and some of those movies the credits were all, like, in the beginning. Yeah, the little dots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they would play, like, almost like a score of the movie. Like, or, I, I guess, like, with movies like Gentlemen for Perfer Blondes or, you know, Hot Mirror, whatever, like, they would play, like, the score of the movie. And then the movie would end, and it would be like, ba pa da da And then, mm-hmm. got it. Like, it's done. Yeah. And now this one, there's no credits in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They're all at the end. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I saw this movie, like, way too young, I think. <laughs> The first time I had seen it, I was like in a hotel room with my family, and it was like on TV, and we kept like flipping back and forth. And I just remember seeing like the like horrifying parts. <laughs> it's like we would flip through all like the talking parts and like go back to the scary parts, and yeah. So I just remember seeing it like really young. Yeah. And then for the podcast, I thought I owned it on DVD, and I'm surprised that I don't, but I do have it on VHS. And before the movie even started, remember how like VHS tapes had like the behind the scenes like those like talking with the director and the cast or like whatever i think i'm pretty sure like they used to do that it was like that it was like an hour of that so i had to skip through all of it oh seriously just to get through to the movie yeah no see that's interesting because i i also owned it on vhs watched it on vhs it just went right into the movie that's insane maybe i have like a special edition maybe the director's cut on vhs right oh my god thank god i didn't have to sit through that or try to sift through that. I probably would have watched that like a dumbass and been like, this is the movie? I forgot. Well, I started to because they had like the title card and then it went into like a trailer of the movie and I'm like, okay, that's weird, but like also okay, whatever. So like it's gonna do a trailer of the movie and then it's gonna show the movie, but then it goes into 
like the director talking, I'm like, okay, maybe this is going to be brief. 10 minutes later, we are still going strong. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like keep going. So then I did the whole like stop and then fast forward to make it faster. (laughs) And I kept, I literally stopped it like four times and then it finally started the movie. Oh my God. I was like, Jesus Christ. Bro, nobody fucking cares how much. It's a VHS. Uh, Yeah. Save it for the DVD commentary section. I mean, I'm sure there is. This movie's gotten, like, so many different additions to it. And then there's the director's cut with even more of, like, the spooky scenes. Yeah, like the the crab walking down the stairs. Right. Yeah, now now that's interesting. Mm -hmm. This, yeah, no. Um, Yeah, and it's dark. Also, why don't we get more of Captain Howdy? Yeah, so because that's something that like I have I have seen so many goddamn Captain Howdy references in other movies. <laughs> there was a Murder Dolls song. If anyone remembers that band, the Murder Dolls back in the day, they did a song called um, uh, "Love at First Fright," where they mentioned Captain Howdy. There's a movie called Strangeland where I think Dee Snyder's character, his online username is Captain Howdy. He's mentioned one time. Yeah. In one scene of this movie, they mention a Captain Howdy. Well, it has all everything to do with the, the Ouija board. So Chris right. is, like, estranged from her husband, or her husband died. So she's living in this giant house with her daughter, Reagan, who's 12, who's, like, kind of odd. <laughs> she's a horse girl. She's a horse girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she, she also does, like, figurines. She, like, sculpts in their basement. and But the whole thing is, which I think is said about... Which, she has this Ouija board in the basement who she claims to be talking to Captain Howdy and she's been using it alone. And even um, Chris is like, you know, you're not supposed to use this alone. She's like, oh, well, I already know how to use it. So it's like, did she summon this whole thing yeah, I don't with know. the Ouija board? Because Because immediately, like, Chris is hearing the noises coming from the attic, which she assumes are, like, rats or something. So she's, like, really rude to the housekeeper. She's like, take care of it. Get the traps. She's, like, real moody. Right. He's like, no. (laughs) Even before shit starts happening. Right. She says, like, remember, she's like, oh, there's, like, rats in the attic. And he's like, no, 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 it's clean up there. She goes, oh, well, then they're clean rats. So go ahead and fucking get up there and get rid of that shit. Okay. First of all. If you want that problem gone, ma'am, do not speak to me like that. <laughs> Please. Or them rats nice. are going to end up in your bed, bitch. Yeah. I don't need this job. I need this job like I need a hole in the head. You know? <laughs> you know? Honestly. It's the 2022 mentality. Amen. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. It's just like a very slow thing. Which, also, the attic thing, nothing ever comes of the attic either. Um, I think it was just residing there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But she found the Ouija board in the basement, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And she's communicating with this Captain Howdy in the basement. So I just feel like it was, like, manifesting. I think that she, like, summoned him, or it, whatever, and it, like, was hiding out. Because then the next thing shot that we get that's, like, somewhat disturbing is the bed shaking. But Reagan was still Reagan at that point. Like, yeah. she was like, Mother, make it stop. You know, make it stop. So it's like it was toying with her well, it's before, a- like, fully manifesting in her. If I've learned anything from such good horror movies, <laughs> like The Conjuring, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that they, they beat you down until you're physically too weak yeah. to fight off, and then it slides on in. Well, and that's what I think it was, honestly. Yeah. I think it was just scaring her physically to mm-hmm. to be like just like in the i mean i don't want to jump like to the ending but in the ending when father Karras is at his most weakest moment in the movie 
where he's completely like lost everything and it jumps to him. Yeah. I think it preys on the weak. He also asked for it. Well, yeah. But he was a good ho- and it but it happened immediately for him. Yeah, well, so he was so you know he was weak. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. But uh but yeah, he, so all this is happening. Yeah, so like this is happening and then the the entire other story with Father Karras is that he's just like he's a priest but he's losing his faith and everything and he's basically like in this state in life where he doesn't know. He used to be a boxer. He's just kind of like lost his faith. He's Unfortunately, like, he's caring for his mother, his very ill mother, who is dying, and she lives in the slums because he can't afford to help pay her rent to get her out of there. So he's, like, in this situation that he is, like, riddled with guilt. Constant guilt. I think it's funny that he's, like, I used to be a boxer, and he kind of looks like Sylvester Stallone. Right? (laughs) Especially when he's, like, running in the the sweatsuit. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah. I do, I mean, I do feel bad for the guy, though, because it's awful to, like, be in a shit situation, have your elderly parent be in a shit situation, just to have her, like, basically guilt you yeah, before well, she dies. Especially because when he goes to, um, he finds out that his uncle put his mom into that, like, institute, because they yeah. couldn't afford to put her in, like, a hospital, so she's with, like, mentally ill patients, and she's... At this point, she's just like, you know, why would you do this to me? Did me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yes. what? And it's just like the guilt. And then, but I think there must have been like a chunk of this movie like missing though, because when we do find out that she passed away, they say that she like passed away at home. Yeah, I don't know. And it, it had been like days before anybody found her body. This is like one of my big issues with the movie is I feel like they like, hodgepodge serial killer, you know, like, <laughs> ransom lettered a script together, and it, like, kind of makes sense, but it doesn't really, like, a lot of stuff doesn't go together. Like I said, I didn't know who Burke was mm-hmm. until you told me now. Because <laughs> they were like, yeah, Burke's dead, and I was, I wrote it down, I said, yep, and then they found Burke's body, and then I literally wrote, who's Burke? <laughs> I thought the groundskeeper's name was Carl. I don't know who Burke is. The dad's not in the photo. I was very confused. Even, like, about her being an actress mm-hmm. in the beginning. They said something about, like, oh, how was it on set today? But I thought, like, in that shot, it looked like a political rally of some sort. So then I was like, is this the set? Is she, like, a politician? I I was so fucking confused I feel like they just don't do, like, a good job of explaining some of these things. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm an idiot. That's also, like, a very big possibility. Like, <laughs> I just, like, didn't get it. But I, I didn't, I don't know. I did not know that. Well, Burke isn't in the movie very long. Like, he's in the beginning part, and then he's at the party, and then... Is he the one that calls that guy a Nazi? He's the one that gets really drunk. Yeah, he's like, you're a Nazi yeah. bastard. Yeah, maybe. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but in between that, because before we even talk about the party scene, there is, like, the church statue that gets desecrated with, like, the paper mache But again, like, points. What? But I, but I think what that was, and I don't even know if this is, like, an actual thing, but I'm, I'm assuming they're alluding to the fact that Reagan was responsible for that because of the fact that she makes those figurines mm-hmm, in the yeah. basement. Because I know it was what the detective guy was kind of implying. Yeah, entered the detective doing this whole, like, work about, like, you know, he's constantly having conversations with Dr. or Dr. with Father Karras about like the goings on and everything. But I, I'm assuming that we're meant to, it's implied that 
because they don't explain who did it, that it was her somehow that did it. Just because they, they make it such a thing that she has these figurines, like they mentioned in the beginning. But then when the detective goes to visit them, yeah, he mentions them again. Yeah. I, I guess it's just like... Because we see her figurines very briefly mm-hmm. before this. But it, again, it was like one of those things like... Um... I didn't really, like, my mind didn't, like, go directly to there, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, I guess they're trying to, like, do whatever. I'm like, is she possessed now? She seems pretty normal. How would she be sneaking out and doing this weird shit? Is the demon just, like, really big into arts and crafts? And he's, like, <laughs> he's crafty, okay. <laughs> but I thought, like, they were going to ramp up to, like, okay, first it's the defiling of the statue of the Virgin Mary. Maybe some graffiti next. Maybe they're burning, like, a pentagram in the lawn. I don't know. Like, it just, they were, like... We've got um, tits and a penis on the Virgin Mary, and then this girl's just, like, fully possessed. Yeah. And that and that was it. Well, so the next thing is, like, the party scene, which is, you know, like, she was fine during the party, but then when she comes back down and she, like, pees all over the floor in front of everybody and then makes that comment to the guy who... I didn't know at the time, like, the first time I saw this, I didn't realize. I guess they mentioned he was an astronaut, so when she said, you're gonna die up there, like, that's what she was referring to. Oh. Yeah. So she makes that comment, and then that same night is when things start really ramping up, because then the bed starts, like, violently shaking. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah. Even when, like, Chris jumps on the bed and is like, what the fuck? The bed doesn't stop shaking, but also, I... I wouldn't have jumped on the bed. I would have tried to pull her off the bed. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, it's like what? one of those vibrating beds and like seedy motel rooms. Exactly. Reminds me of um, Christmas, or not Christmas, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Exactly, yes, yes. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Oh, I will say though, so Father Karras has these like nightmare sequences. He has two of them. The one with like his mother going down the subway and that's when we find out she's passed or everything. And then he has another one like later on in the movie on the bed and it gives me like Pet cemetery vibes. Like Zelda. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, for sure. It's like kind of creepy. Well, and like that, is it the first dream sequence that he's got with his mother by the subway station and then they flash that like demonic face really fast? Yeah. So... I don't know, like, it. they never talk about it, it's never mentioned, um, I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, Pazuzu. Yeah. Uh, which is, like, I think Father Marin finds that thing in the beginning the in statue. Iraq, and that's supposed to be Pazuzu also. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that because I was, again, trying to just look for fun facts about the movie, and they were like, oh yeah, that's supposed to be this demon, they don't mention that in the movie, though. I'm like, well, that maybe that would be helpful. Yeah. Maybe that would be helpful Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just like weird shit for whatever reason yeah do they even like maybe it's like a premonition like yeah i think it's the demon is pazuzu like the statue and the i think the cuts of the face were like negative shots of what they were going to have reagan look like but then they decided to change the makeup so they i think they had that footage okay from my understanding I mean, it's cool. It's, like, a cool shot because, like, mm-hmm. if you blink, you miss it. Or, like, you yeah. know, when it comes up, you're like, what the... Hey, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but, but I don't know. It Just my personal taste. If you're going to use it, please please explain later. Yeah. So then they continue to do medical testing on Reagan, which I think... This is, like, the part in the movie I feel like is, like, really rough. 
because they do all of these things, all of these, like, really insane tests on her. They, like, are sticking her with needles, and they're putting her in that, like, MRI machine, and it's so loud, which, like, the rest of this movie is pretty, like, quiet up until, like, the end scene, I'd say. So it's just kind of, like, alarming. Yeah. And then when they do that, like... Oh, the neck thing. That, no, oh, that, that was the most horrifying thing in this movie. <laughs> That's the part that made <gasps> people faint so much in the theaters because the squirting of the blood <laughs> with the... Oh. Gross. No, I believe that. I watched that and I was like, oh, that... <laughs> I could feel that in my butthole. That, that hurts. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, and this poor and girl. And they can't find anything wrong with her. They, like, do the MRI for the brain tumor, and it's nothing. And the, the, these doctors are just... And the entire time... And it's it's just, like, another kind of thing in general where they talk about, like, mental health versus, like, there being something wrong with her. Yeah. Um, And kind of, like, what she's responsible for because of, like, her mental health. And this was, like, 73, so... It's, like, not a lot of people were... There was, like, a stigma around it, you know? Oh, exactly. Like, they, they would just send them off to the mental institution, and that was that. Mm-hmm. So for them to just go be like, well, there's nothing physically wrong with her, so, like, this is what it is. But yet, the mother, Chris, like, knows. Like, her, she says it multiple times, like, her personality just switched, and this isn't her, and, like, there's something wrong with her, and... I just, look. I mean, it just goes to prove, I think doctors a lot of times... People and doctors alike forget that doctors are not gods okay um i've worked with enough to know but it's just like i think it further proves that when they're like they've done like you said test after test they've done mris they've scanned her brain they've done they did the the gross neck thing that was Mm -hmm. that was fucking traumatic yeah anything you can think of at the time and nothing's coming up and the the one goes like but like it could still be a a legion. Oh my god! <laughs> like, like, exactly. Like it's not a fucking legion in her brain. Like you guys looked at it. Well, then when she has the meeting with the doctors and they're like, I think the next course of action would be um, a psychiatrist. Yes. Oh <laughs> they just like god. show her in that direction. It's always just like pawning shit off onto the next person. Like it really is. Well, you know, we've done all we could, and um, I, in my personal professional opinion. Someone else can tell you what to do, like right. And then they get to okay. a shrink. They have the shrink come to the house, and he tries to communicate with, with the entity that's existing inside of Reagan. And it just you know it ends in a nut a nut grab. <laughs> yeah. But he like tries to reach out, and that's like like that was that. <laughs> Yeah. And then... Oh, it was like that scene from Casper, where they oh, sent yeah. Dan Aykroyd in. Uh-huh. He's like, who are you gonna call? Someone else. Someone else. <laughs> he said, I'm out. Yeah. So, with the whole thing with Burke dying, so, he he's left alone with Reagan to, like, oh, like watch her while um, Chris is out one night. I guess, like, Sharon had to run an errand, so Burke was there. And... She comes back and finds out that he's died right outside on the steps. He was, like, thrown through the window and, like, broke his neck down the stairs. Okay. So, Reagan did it. <laughs> and the I only see. way we can confirm that Reagan did it is the fact that when she has that, like, scene where she first turns her head around and mm-hmm. is talking to, to... I want to call it... I keep wanting to say Ellen Burson, but Chris. Uh-huh. Uh, saying, like, do you know what she did? you know what you're... Your daughter, daughter. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like admitting that that's what it was. Was that supposed to be his voice too, or is that just like some random voice? I think it was his voice. Oh, because I really like the Reagan voice, like especially when she's like, 
Your mother's in here with us, Karis. Would you like me to pass it on? I like the demon, the devil it's, voice. The demon voice, it's like he smokes like 10 packs of Paul Malls a day. <laughs> uh-huh. I know, like Patty and Selma. <laughs> so good. I was I like, love hey, it. Now. I think she actually did because it wasn't Linda Blair doing the voice, it was some other actress. And um, <laughs> I think that's what she did do. She like would just like constantly drink whiskey on cigarettes. and chain smoke <laughs> to get her voice to get like that raspy incredible i know oh my god so good. yeah I, I did you know three cheers to the demon voice that's pretty sick <laughs> yeah do you know what she did your cunting daughter wow <laughs> oh, wow now that's rude <laughs> the sass of this demon i swear i know well you know what and that's the thing too like for as boring as i think this movie is and it doesn't explain a whole lot like I did the whole time watching it now as like a more cognizant adult rather than like an eight year old that didn't know what was happening. I just kept telling myself it came out in 73. It came out in 73. <laughs> like this, this wasn't normal then. Now, depending on which channel you're watching, they throw around the C word like no one's business. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think they say that shit on like FX sometimes. Yeah. You know, like language is like not really a big thing now, but like back then the mm-hmm. C word in a, well, that's in a theatrically released movie set by an 11 or 12 year old wow and the the masturbation thing right and then when she maybe i heard this wrong but she grabs her mom's head and then mm-hmm. she says lick it mm-hmm. is that what she says mm-hmm. and then like rubs her head down mm-hmm. there i was like oh. yeah <laughs> i actually i did guess yeah. that i was like oh, oh my god ew i know and that's that was rude. then like now it would be like controversial to do something like that you know what's funny, too? I mean, like, I literally just said the C word how many times, and I'm not offended, but, like, that, I was like, oh, I've never, I, never <laughs> I have <canceled>. never. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, no, that show was wild. Yeah. There are very few things in this movie where I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, but that, that was one of them. Well, another kind of unexplained thing that happens, too, is, so after the doctor's after the whole psychiatrist thing doesn't work out, they suggest an exorcism. <laughs> Which she was just kind of like... I just love her arc in this movie, Chris. <laughs> because she just becomes, like, this, like, you know, this prominent actress, confident. She has a good relationship with her daughter to, like... She's just a chain-smoking mess. Like, yeah. I can't say that I blame her, man. The, like, she is just rough by the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, rightfully so, because of all the shit that she has seen. Um, She's just like, whatever, man. Give me a sure, number. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> give me, give me whoever you have on the line right now. I'll call whoever I need to call. Yeah, but so the other unexplained thing is the crucifix under her pillow when she goes in to like tuck Reagan in, and she has she finds the crucifix under the pillow. So she starts questioning everybody in the house, like where did this come from? And nobody admits to putting it there. Do you think Burke put it there and that's why she tossed his happy little ass out the window? I mean, maybe, but also I th- I'm pretty sure because right after she finds it and is like screaming at everybody in the house, the detective comes to talk about Burke's death and like basically like interrogate her and he like won't leave. <laughs> yeah. But I'm pretty sure she's holding the cross still because she brings it downstairs. But then right after that is the scene with the masturbation with the crucifix. So hmm. continuity error right there. Right. But yeah, we shit. don't like get any explanation as to why it was there or who put it there. Weird. Other than for like that scene. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was also kind of vulgar. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like I I definitely not like the other scene. 
But, like, it was one of those, like, for the time, I was like, oh, I guess that's Mm -hmm. pretty vulgar. I think that's when she talks in Burke's voice. And that's when, that's when Chris realizes that it was her that did it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, honestly, like, it it just seems like a, a long time until we finally get Father Karras up into the house. Because I think shortly after this is when she does, like, uh, Chris has seen Father Karras, like, farting around town and mm-hmm. whatever. And so she goes to him and he's like, yeah, yeah, no, like, I, I feel for you. It's just that, like, I don't, I don't do... I, I, exorcisms. That's not like what well, she I ca- do. I feel like she casually just asks him about it. Yeah, I, yeah, because she's like, like you said, she's chain smoking, and she's like, "Hey, how's your day? Uh, I'm Chris. Anyway, do you um, can you exercise my daughter? <laughs> so like, and what's he's that like? like? I beg your pardon, <laughs> right? You know, like if I wanted, like if you um, for, like if I wanted you to do an exorcism, so like how would I go about? It just reminds that? me of like <laughs> she's just kind of like like that Austin Bowers line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perhaps if you were to, (laughs) perhaps no, perhaps maybe that you would um, get this demon out of my child. Exactly. What do you know about my father's whereabouts? (laughs) (laughs) Let's not beat around the bush here. (laughs) Exactly. He's like, I'm not doing that. You should see a psychiatrist. And at this point... She has had it, man. <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's like if you've ever been on the phone Ooh, with customer yeah. service and they keep transferring you that's, to someone else. That's the level of that's the level. off she's yes. at. She's basically like, don't you fucking transfer me. She's like, I don't want to see. I got to see the, doc- the doctors. The doctors told me to see the psychiatrist. They, they tell me to see a priest. You're telling me to go back to them. Oh, oh you're fucking coming to my house and you're doing that goddamn exorcism. <laughs> she becomes possessed. So he finally agrees to go and see her. Um, at the house. <laughs> he's, like, not convinced, though. He's, like, it's very rare. He's, like, I've never seen a priest do an exorcism. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to get, like, all of these, like, all the permission from the church and the bishop and the fucking well, Vatican. I like, I like when he's, like, yeah, you have to, like, we can't just do an exorcism. You have to get permission from the church and, you know, you have to provide proof. And she's, like, okay, like, what proof do you need? And he's, like, well, she needs to speak a language that she doesn't know. And Chris is, like, and then what else? And he's, like, Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> You're going to come at me with half the facts? <laughs> but yeah. say so you can't do it? Yeah. How do you not know? I think my favorite scenes in this movie are, though, when he does go to visit her, the two times that he goes before everything goes down. Mm-hmm. Because he, she's just messing with him. Yeah. You know, she's like, she, when she says, like, oh, your mother's in here, too. Yeah. But then he says, what's your, what's my mother's maiden name? And then she just, like, pukes on him. Yeah. Also, the holy water thing confused me because he's like, well, she's a liar because this isn't actual holy water. But she was, like, wincing at it. Right. And mm-hmm. also, like, if you're a demon, bro, like, isn't the whole point to, like, be strong and scary? Because even, like, Father Karras is like, well, you know, she's like, could you come on me? And he's like, well, if you're, like, if you're the devil, because she claims that she is, like, the devil. Mm-hmm. Like, the devil. And he's like, I mean, if you're the devil, why don't you undo those chains? And, it, you know, the devil says, like, oh, that's such a, bla-, you know, a, vulgar, a vulgar display of power. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and then he pulls out the holy water and then the demon's like, eh, what's that? Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's holy water. She's like, eh, you came away. <laughs> why? Why wouldn't you, like, almost pretend like that shit doesn't bother you? Because isn't it the whole point mm-hmm. to, like, 
scare them into thinking that they don't know what they're doing and like nothing is gonna work yeah if, if i i mean i'm not a demon and i try to pretend like nothing scares me so people <laughs> leave me alone you know yeah but then he throws the 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 unholy water on her the unholy water and like she's like oh but he's still not convinced after that because he even says like i you know because after he leaves and goes and talks to, to chris again he's like i'm still not convinced it's not until the second time that he comes when she starts talking in the different languages but isn't it just english backwards isn't that what they say yeah well he records the conversation and it's she it's just english backwards but um yeah and then she even talks in the voice of his mother yeah true no i just didn't understand what the holy water i was like so are they like are they alluding to the fact that it's mental illness why did the demon freak out like i think they're leaving some space of doubt there (laughs) well see like I feel like maybe I'm talking myself into making it make sense. It could be that they're leaving a shred of doubt until, like, it gets to the actual exorcism mm-hmm. point. But I don't know. Could it be that, like, maybe the demon doesn't want to be exercised? So if he figures, like, oh, if I flail around mm-hmm. with this, like, unholy, you know, like, the water that isn't blessed, then he'll think, like, oh, she's just crazy and then we won't get the exorcism thing. I think that's what it is. And also he he makes that comment about... You know, he's like, oh, it's a, it's an excellent day for an ex- exorcism. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he even, Father Karras even says, like, well, wouldn't, why would you want that? You know, isn't that your goal is basically to stay mm-hmm. in her, you know, to be close to Reagan. And he's like, we, we don't want to be close to Reagan. We want to be closer to you mm-hmm. for you to be with us. Mm-hmm. So I think that, he, you know, it's like he's. This is his story. I'm telling you, <laughs> this I is know, his story because that's when he jumps to him. He's I fine, he's like weakening him even more, I believe weakening that his faith even more to get him to be like the next parasite. <laughs> but like, why him though? What makes him so why special? Because he has the the power, the faith power aspect. He knows things. I don't know, and he's weak. Yeah, I mean, why I mean, Reagan? I'm weak and I know things. <laughs> I mean, why Reagan? I mean, other than the fact that she may have summoned him i don't know with the ouija board because she's a sow yeah no i don't know <laughs> i mean they like, do. the sow is mine yeah <laughs> right <laughs> this poor 11 year old <laughs> is she 11 or 12 i keep calling her 11 she's 12 oh. like she hits her birthday at some point in the movie and oh, they okay. mentioned that she's like a 12 year old girl oh, okay. so yeah it's not until they do the whole like when he she he's called in the middle of the night with the help me like the raised scar mm-hmm. tissue until he actually believes and then he finally gets permission to do it and then they enlist the help of father Marin. yeah i like that the the church was like you have my blessing go ahead and perform this exercise. yeah like it was so easy all <laughs> exactly like i don't feel like he provided any proof yeah. He was like, do you want to listen to this mixtape I made? And they're like, no, you go ahead and do your thing. We'll even get you a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. We have, a, we have a guy on staff for this kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. What is the movie? Isn't there a movie with, where they, like a found footage? Is it the, the devil inside? Where they have to do the permission, get permission from like the Vatican to do all these things? Yes. Or they do like a documentary about how hard it is. Or is it The Last Exorcism? I don't know. No, The Last Exorcism takes place on that farm. Yeah. But there's the one about where they had to, like, talk I about think it getting is the permission. Devil inside. Yeah, because yeah. they're doing it, like, in found footage style. Yeah, talking and it's about, in Rome. Yeah. Of all places. Yeah. But they make it seem like it's, like, easier in this movie. Yeah. It's like, because he of said those, it like... takes time, but then when, like, 
it, it, it seemingly only a few days have passed. It's, oh my god, it's like, uh, it, it just reminds me of one of those, like, spoof movies where they're like, I won't allow it, and they're like, you'll allow it. Okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. Right this way. Exactly. And, well, we do get the spooky shot, though, the night of, of Father Marin arriving to the, uh, the property. Mm-hmm. Like, the cover art, the poster art to the movie. And it's funny, the, the poster art for the movie is scarier than the movie. Because mm-hmm. when I, again, when I was little, I remember watching this movie, and everyone knows the poster, and everyone knows, like, the tubular bells, like, you know, like, the, the basically the theme song of this movie. Um, when I was young, my grandparents had a lake house in Wisconsin, and we used to stay in one of the bedrooms that had a bunk bed, and the window to that room, it faced the side yard with a live well, for yeah. fish, which was horrifying, because yeah. you could hear the water at yeah. night, and then the other window faced towards the street, and it was a very, very, very small town, and the streets were very dark, so the only light on that street, essentially, was it, luckily in front of our property, but sometimes, like, when I was laying in the bed at night, I could see, and even if the windows were, like, the blinds were mm-hmm. closed, they were those, like, slatted blinds. Yeah. And so I could still see out of him, and I could see that light, and I just kept picturing that, like, something was going to appear, mm-hmm. like, exorcist-style under the, the under lamp. Light. Yeah. That's terrifying. That was horrifying. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That, the poster for this movie is The scarier. iconic shot. <laughs> exactly. It's interesting, too, when he does go into the house, and he's kind of talking with, with Father Karras about how, like, Father Karras is convinced that there's, like, three different things going on. Like, I think he mentions that there might be three entities, because he's heard three different voices. And Father Marin's like, no, there's only one. Like, he's going to fool you into thinking, like, whatever, he's going to lie, like, we can't listen to anything he says. You know, he's done this before. He, they mentioned that he's done it before. He's a seasoned, grizzled vet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. It's yeah. like like Father Karras is the guy first day on the job. Father Marin's the guy that's like anyway, this is where I come to cry. Um, you know, <laughs> you, there's booze in the closet we like to hide. You can, you know, if you pour um, you know, if you if you use a coffee cup with a brown bottom, the wine looks like coffee. So, you know. <laughs> I got a flask in my <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, uh... <clears throat> they do the exercising. They prepare to go to war. <laughs> yeah. It's, They uh, do the exercising. They, they exercise. <laughs> we do the physical fitness. Yeah, she just, you know, she spouts some evil shit. She breaks some walls and doors and... Yeah. Makes things fly. She makes things cold. I like the levitating scene. I think that's pretty dope. It's, Ooh, like, very seamless. Her, yeah. And her eyes get, like, all, like, white and mm-hmm. crazy. Like, rolled back. And she's, like, real quiet, too, which is... Now that's scary. And I think this is, like, when she has, like, the most hold over Karis because she's taunting him the whole time, you know? She's constantly like, your, your mother's in here, we're gonna kill your her. Your mother sucks socks in hell. Right, exactly. My mother darn socks in hell. What? <laughs> <laughs> she does laundry? What? Right. <laughs> Sounds like my mom. <laughs> oh, my God. The yeah. power of Christ compels you. That was another the power long of scene. Compels you. How many times you guys say it? And they weren't even done. They're like, we need a we need a rest break. I know, I did like that. <laughs> they were going so hard. And they were like, I need a water Coffee break. Coffee break. <laughs> right. We'll be back in five. <laughs> well, and they even mentioned too when they're like recruiting 
Father Marin that the last exorcism he did was like over a month long. So mm. the fact that this was only like a one night thing and this was the devil, I mean, I feel like it, they were pretty efficient in this. <laughs> but see, now I'm confused. Was it the devil or was it Pazuzu? That's what I'm saying. Make something make sense to me in this movie. Who is it? I think it was the devil. I think Pazuzu was just a demon. It was like a, a symbol. Hmm. Then why put his dumbass face in there? I don't know. <laughs> why not? I don't know. For don't a creep know. factor. I guess. I don't even. Yeah. Yeah. So once once Reagan or the devil does Father Karras's mom's voice, I feel like he starts like cracking a little bit and that's when like father Marin sends him away and it's just like you know like get out of here like just i'll handle this or whatever and it's not at that moment until he's like downstairs talking to chris again you know she's like is it over and he's like no (laughs) not even close um absolutely not and then she's just kind of like is she gonna die and he looks at her and is like no like i'm gonna make sure that she doesn't and he walks in and father Marin has passed away of like a heart attack yeah and he's just, like, so fed up that he's just, like, fucking, like, he chokes, <laughs> he chokes the devil out, man. Yeah. And he starts, like, hitting her, for, I don't know, forgetting that she's, like, a 12-year-old girl, but physically, like, assaulting this girl. I was beating the shit out of her. I was, like, beating okay. Beating the shit out of her. And then, it's, like, finally, like, that was, like, his breaking point, I think. And that was, like, the most, like ideal time for the devil to like swoop on him when he's like take me and then it immediately takes hold he said okay (laughs) right and so then it immediately leaves reagan she becomes normal again and then we see his eyes like changing Mm -hmm. and then he almost like attacks her again as the devil but then it's like father karis breaks through at the last second and that's when he eats himself out the window yeah brutal and he dies on the stairs as well yeah there's that other priest that is um, their friend who comes at, like, the last minute to read mm-hmm. him as, like, last rites. Because I think, I don't think he's dead at the bottom of the stairs. I think he's, like, bleeding out. Because you could see his, like, hands move. <laughs> yeah, when he's, like, holding him. But, I, I mean, he's got to still be possessed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I get it now. Because I was, like... <laughs> What the fuck is happening right now? Like, where did this other priest come from? I think he just happened to be strolling on by when mm-hmm. this one's taking part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems mighty... Father Dyer, that's his name. <laughs> Father Dyer is a stalker. Yeah. Mighty suspicious. Got a lot of stalker priests this month. <laughs> right. Okay. Tis brutal. I know. But yeah. then, yeah, all, all is well. All is well that ends well, you know? Because then Reagan's chill. They're moving out. Mm-hmm. Um... And then, yeah, that's it. She doesn't remember anything about it. No? Good for her. I like the music, though. The tubular bells? Yeah. The iconic song. You know what's funny? I have a very vivid memory of being in fifth grade, and they were teaching us about the different instruments, and they said, and here's what this instrument is. Uh, you'll hear such instruments in uh, the song The Tubular Bells, made popular by The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Why are you coming at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> you think I, first of all, I shouldn't know what that is. And second of all, why the fuck would you say that? Right. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Anyway. So that's The Exorcist. That's The Exorcist. Woo. The most beloved horror movie by some. I'm most. I was gonna say not, not in Sam's house. No, not in this house. I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I I guess I guess I'm not surprised that you don't like it. I just didn't expect you to hate it as much as you do. But yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's it's like um, 
this movie is kind of like a step parent. You know, I hate it, but I respect it. Because <laughs> I live in its house. <laughs> I live in its house of horror. Yeah. But I don't love it. <laughs> I got respect until I'm 18 and then I'm out kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Hate, but respect. Mm. What is it? Is it a get into the Greek where he's like, I hate you for the things you've said, but I respect you for being honest. So it's hate peppered with respect. <laughs> or something respectful hate. That's how I feel about this movie. Okay. So what are your ratings for The Exorcist? Uh, out of oh no, out of sheer respect for and the boundaries, <laughs> no love, zero love. Sheer respect for what it did for the genre. Two out of five. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's all. That's all she wrote. That's it. How about you? Uh, I'm gonna give it ooh ooh like a ooh. I, I, I don't find a lot of fault with this movie other than the fact that there are parts that are slow. So maybe like a four and a half out of five um, for me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's good. I don't think... I think the like it's different than the exorcism movies that are out now. We're so used to these exorcist movies or exorcism movies that are just like 10. <laughs> you know, we're amped up. We're like twisting, distorting body. Yeah fucking just vile shit but i think yeah like the respect is there for this movie for starting starting it all honestly breaking those boundaries and becoming like controversial and everything but also i think just like the story is interesting and like the arc of everything um and i know like a lot of people probably don't like you like you said you didn't find it interesting um but I, like I said, I don't think this movie is meant to be about her. I mm-hmm. think it's meant to be about him. And that's why there's so many scenes with him in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I will say, in just, I don't want people getting the wrong idea. It's not that I think this movie sucks and all of the exorcism movies today are good. Oh, God, there's so many bad movies. There's so <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are really bad. I didn't even really care. For, like, especially the found footage ones, like The Last Exorcism or... Um, the devil inside, you know, like, a, a lot of these, like, the exorcism of, or, mm-hmm. you know, the haunting of, like, they're not good either. So, I just, it's not that I have a preference for mm-hmm. newer ones versus older ones. Yeah. I just typically don't find them to be, my, like, they're not my favorite. Yeah. Subgenre, like, exorcism kind of movies. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to set that record straight. Yeah, I think we're. I think you and I are more so in like the demon type movies, like the supernatural aspect of them, less of the exorcism type movies. Yeah. You know, like I, I think, like <clears throat> the exorcism of Emily Rose was really good because she was really good acting in it. I haven't seen it in like a long time, but there's just so many exorcism movies now that are yeah. just. I feel like we had, like, we hit an era in the two, like, early 2000s where it was, like, one after the other, and we were just, like, beaten down. It was, like... Like, with... the 2010s were big. Yeah. Like, it was... Every other movie was The Exorcism of... Um, whatever. Yeah. The Exorcism of this. Uh, the Devil Inside. Uh, the Vatican I... tapes. <laughs> Thank you. And then there was that with The Right with Anthony Hopkins. It was just, yeah. like, a lot of, like, religious exorcism horror movies. But I... And I know I've mentioned it on the podcast before. There is a movie... It's a very different type of exorcism movie. It's called Ava's Possessions. And I think right now, if I'm not mistaken, it is on Tubi. Um, But it takes place... So the movie opens with her being exorcised from her demons. And then this girl, now having been possessed for some time, has to go and pick up the pieces of her life. Mm -hmm. And figure out what was happening while she was under the the spell of this, like, demon. So it's like... 
where okay, most exorcism movies end. Yeah, this this one begins there. That's super different. That movie is really good. I enjoyed that one. But yeah, yeah sorry, I just wanted to yeah to preface that or like put that out there that it's not like I think the new ones are superior to this one. Yeah. No, I was just saying that I think that it's like it's kind of crazy what this movie did because they were doing those like controversial things with physical not stunts, but you know like physical things in this movie yeah. to like where it ends up to now where it's always so like that's the most horrifying parts of these kinds of movies. It's like the body horror, like yeah. you said like the contortion, the contortion, and... the like the noises, like the gravelly noises coming out of people, the levitation, just like everything. It's like it just got amped up so much to now it's like what we come to expect now whereas like I said in the beginning of the episode, like, this was the first to come. Yeah. And because it was so, you know, it's obviously, like, religion-heavy, and, you know, this was 73, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just, like, a lot for people to handle. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's, I, like, I forget which comedian it is. Maybe, maybe Nick Swardson. I know, like, a while back he did, like, a, one of his, like, stand-up things, and he's like, can you imagine if you took somebody from then... And put them in a movie theater now, like, back at, like, you know, Mm -hmm. if you could, like, time travel to, like, 1973 and show them an exorcism movie now. Yeah. Like, he he was like, their head would explode. Right. You know? Like, my grandma would say that all the time, too, when she was alive. She was like, I can't imagine if I took, you know, this movie and time traveled to show it to my parents, like, Mm -hmm. what they would think. Like, they would it would be catatonic you know they'd be in a catatonic state for the rest of their life yeah you know that's interesting it's crazy yeah Mm -hmm. but this movie definitely did break some some shit (laughs) yeah yeah break some boundaries yeah i think that's all i have to say about it yeah me too i mean i feel like there's a lot that can be said about it but i feel like we touched a lot of good ground of the backstory and yeah. Yeah. I um I know there same thing with the Omen. I know there's sequels and prequels to The Exorcist, uh, of which I have seen none. So um and a million, I don't know if they're worth it. A million other rehashes of it. Yeah. Luckily, <laughs> and this is another one, just like the omen that we talked about last week, that's another cursed film. Yeah. Luckily no remake though. Yeah. Thank God. But anyway, you've heard us talk enough about this. Those are just our opinions. Please let us know what you guys think of The Exorcist, how you feel about it. If you feel the same way about it that I do or that Liz does, I'm sure most of you will side with her. Um, but you know where to find us. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. We are also on YouTube. I think all of them are pretty much Fright Mike Podcast. Twitter is Fright Mike Pod. We also have a Patreon, so for a few dollars a month, you get access to all of our bonus episodes. We do new movie reviews, we do monthly rewinds, so you guys can catch up and see what we're watching in between our episodes. We do lists, all kinds of fun shit over there. Um, And if you don't have the means to support us that way, you can always support us by sharing our stuff on social media. You can give us a five-star review, a nice little comment, anything to get our name out there so we reach more people like yourself, like-minded people, people into horror and all kinds of fun stuff. You know the drill with that. Otherwise, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Liz. Rest Rest in in peace. peace.